All right. It's the Roller on the Barrel Vintage Baseball Podcast. Coming to you on Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. I, I, I don't know if that's right. Uh, talking to vintage baseball players from coast to coast, border to border, along with, uh, well, I'm the Barrel Roller, Matthew Bernard. Thank you. Uh, nice to make your acquaintance, world. And this is my co-host, my compadre, my brother-in-arms, Rudy, Swamp Fox Frias. Rudy, how you doing? Hey, life partner. It's good to see you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow down. Just <laughs> uh, okay. That's how rumors start, Rudy. Uh, Rudy, special guests tonight. And uh, I saw these gentlemen for the first time at Ohio Cup two years ago. And you mm-hmm. have been telling me of their escapades uh, while we were at the Ohio <laughs> Cup. They did not disappoint. Uh, you have a long history of knowing exactly who the Deep River Grinders are. But with us tonight, two very special members of the Deep River Grinders. We have Jim Basala, who's known as Glacier, uh, formerly Ice Wagon. There's a story there. We're going to get to that. Uh, Jim was the very first Deep River Grinder. And then we have Brian Dooling, who came in three years later. He's known as Patches. If you play Midwest Vintage Baseball, you know who these gentlemen are. Gentlemen, are uh, they're the Deep River Grinders. Gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. We're going to start right with Jim. We're going to get you guys comfortable and get you guys talking. Jim, how in the heck did you come across Vintage Baseball and start the Deep River Grinders? Um, it was 1991, way back then, you know, um, actually, um, uh, we were approached by Mike, uh, what's Mike's last name? I can't remember through the Midwest Outdoor Museum Coordinating Council, of which our park department is part of. We have a living history farm at Buckley Homestead and, uh, Mike Fallon approached Becky Crabb, who was the park manager there and said, you guys like to come out and play baseball? Well, Becky's not a baseball person. or And so um, she talked to myself and Joanna Scher, and we got together, five of us, and we went out to the Ohio Village and were introduced into uh, vintage baseball. And we, uh, they, we had a mixed-up team match, and we were just really into it. And the legend has it, the legend that Joanna spread and instigated was that she told me, well, I want to do this and this is what we're going to do. Reality was everybody that went, the five of us were like, this is great. Uh, we had always wanted something to, uh, a lot of the living history that we were doing was very female oriented, quilting and doing this and that. And we also wanted something that was fun and a bit, bit more recreational and historically accurate. And so we, we fell into that. And the next year, um, 1992, we had one game at Grinder Field. Uh, the Muffins came out. We, we paid for them to come in a large bus. And they, they lived it up really well. And then after that, we just started playing more and more. Uh, we'd play, you know, 10, 10 matches a year. Then it grew to 20 to 30. I think at our peak, we were doing almost 40 games a year. And it was getting difficult for those of us who were constantly playing. And as we got older, we've started to back off. And like a lot of teams, we've um, gone through through, uh, rebuilding phases. We probably have had 
I don't know, 180 different people as players over the years that people come and go, just like a lot of vintage teams. And um, here we are today. Okay, there it was. I had the cough button on. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I picked that for you. <laughs> in 19, you said in 1992 you had one game. It was against the Muffins, and you guys rented a bus and brought them to your field for your Yeah, I don't know. Joanna, well, we wanted to make a big deal. We had, I don't know, we had a huge crowd that first game of maybe three, 400 people because we really promoted it. And Joanna wanted the Muffins to come to uh, Deep River. We really wanted to kick off this program. So we we went all out. And um, Mr. Shirk was the umpire. The colonel was doing the introduction. So it was really old school muffins and the grinders were just starting. We, we had like 19 players and we got our, got our butts kicked. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but everybody was pretty much into it. And for years, Joanna would always say, be like the muffins. Don't embarrass me. Be like the muffins. Don't do anything. And then we found out that like they were barely out of the parking lot at the Ohio cup at the Ohio village and they were mixing margaritas or something. And (laughs) we realized we were more like them than she actually thought. And, uh, that, that's how, and that's really the beginning of our relationship with, uh, the muffins and big bat was there and chip was there. And I I can't remember everybody that came, but it's, it's been, been that kind of relationship ever since. Uh, I'm going to ask Brian a question, Rudy. We're going to go uh, the way we're going to format these questions is uh, I'll ask uh, Jim and Brian both a question, and then you'll ask both of them a question, and then I'll ask, and we'll go back and forth. Very informal, as you see. We could have set we could have set that up before we hit record, but we wanted the world to see how how the machine works <laughs> and works well. Uh, Brian, three years later, so that's 1994 ish. You come along. How do you come across the grinders? Uh, well, can I jump ahead a little bit? Because every time I hear Jim tell his story on the founding of the grinders, I worked with Joanna for many years, and her version of the story was a little different. Jim was a very, very passive member. He was he had very little involvement in the actual um, establishment of the team. He was so rest in peace. He's not here to tell the story. So now, now Jim, I don't know. Uh, if you want to c- continue with your version, or we just <laughs> so, yeah. this is how history's made. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the authentic version? <laughs> well, um, I started in 1994. I um, ran into a college roommate, and um, he was a, an employee of the park at that time. He was helping to. Um, he was a uh, architectural. Jim, what was his title? He was a landscape architect. He was working on the, on the water park at that time, I believe. Yeah. He was doing design work. Yeah. He was playing, he was one of the first members of the team, not the very first member, but very soon after he was playing, it was the Hoosier Thunderbolt. And um, he invited me to come out and um, I was pretty much hooked um, right away. And I started playing and I was, it, it, I was second baseman for many years. Um, And that's when we used to, the second baseman was not the place where we hid people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. That is amazing. I mean, um, can we just take a moment um, and speak about the 
characteristics of your lovely home field. Um, now, we are an audio medium, so use as much detail as possible to transport our listeners to being spectators at a Deep River Grinder home game. Jim, why don't you kick it off? Well, okay, first of all, um, Grinder Field is located at Deep River County Park, which includes the water park, but on that side of US 30, there are 700 acres of parkland. And the field is right across Deep River uh, from Woods Historic Gristmill. The whole reason for this park site is an, there's an 1876 gristmill that we have restored, and it was originally settled in 1836. So there's a lot of history. And uh, we had acquired what is now Grinder Field in some land acquisition back in 1987. And when we started playing vintage baseball, we're like, well, we're going to do this. And we we had just put bridges across the river, two bridges onto this piece of property. And like, okay, this is it. And we had just planted a bunch of trees. So we moved all the trees so we'd have a field. And the field is surrounded on three sides by deep river. Uh, most of you in the country would probably call it a creek. It's not much of a river. And uh, so you come across these bridges and you're you're surrounded by, by woods and, and river and, uh, in right, in center and right field, there's an 1830. In center field is an 1837 reconstructed up and down sawmill. In right field is a bar we converted into a sugar shack where we do maple syrup. And um, so you really get rid of a lot of the outside um, visuals, you know, that might impede. And we've all played on fields that are nothing more than big fields or other baseball fields. And Deep River is pretty much like a step back in time. I love it so much. I mean, uh, for those who know my family, uh, I remember our very first time at the field and my mother looks at my father and says, don't run into anything. And uh, I think he promptly went head first into the creek after a ball. Oh. Like, it, 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 it was just, uh, it's such a beautiful park. Now, Brian, let me uh, let me talk to you a little bit about just I'm going to I'm, I've, I've said it before on this podcast. The best match I've ever com uh, been a part of was when the Muffins came out to Deep River uh, Park. I mean, the the food, the spread. Then we were at the water park. I it was like living out every child's dream. It was amazing for me. Brian, can you talk about what goes into hosting? Like you want to obviously bring clubs in from all around that are uh, you know that can make the trip. But what do you focus on most when hosting a club to Deep, Deep River Park? Wow, um, I, I don't. I don't know that I'm really involved a lot with that um we have um, joanna used to do all the, all the planning for the for those things um we have now it's a very shared responsibility we have um, a team manager who um he organizes most of the games and then he um, also organizes the uh the, the meals as well so it's it is a pretty involved process for him and i, and I do um have a lot of admiration for how much time he has to put into this because this is it, it, it is very time consuming. Um, I don't know, Jim, I, I don't know what else I can add to that because I'm, I really don't feel like I'm got a lot of hands on with that. And I don't know if I've ever had. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and, and Brian, like a lot of grinders, has gone through, um, it, not say job changes, because he's done a lot of the same job, but all this kind of comes into it. So guys show up, so some guys can't make it. But Ryan, who's our team manager now and a player, he will organize all the scheduling, which is a big deal because everybody's got requests. Everybody has conflicts. And we, for us, the it is a program far more than just a game. And our goal is to bring people into the park. And that's why we bring in two, three, 400 people on a Sunday afternoon for a game. And Ryan organizes that. Some of the stuff that is for the park side, like we'll have a, a brass band perform at our gazebo across the river and then come over and do the Star Spangled Banner. That's done through park staff. The food, we've been doing this forever. It's a potluck. Everybody sort of just knows what to bring and how to bring it, and people have their standards. Uh, the staff in the visitor center general store, uh, they set it up and watch over it, in, you know, until the game's over. And um, even everybody pitches in to set up the field and to take it down. Uh, you, If you've been there, you know, after every match, we have the kids come and take a turn at the bat and run the bases and everybody just kind of knows what to do. And anybody who's new is instructed and learns how to do it. And if you don't, if you don't pack the, the gator correctly to remove everything, Dave Stutler will come over and properly instruct you on your errors and how to make everything fit in a very tight spot. But uh, it just, it, it's, it's that team camaraderie that everybody just does what they do. You know, Brian's main task is to talk before each match, and um, and he does that for for quite a long time. <laughs> talk about you what? 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 What, you, what do you mean talk? It's, yeah, usually praising my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the time he had Dave starting to lay down like he had passed away, and you performed a eulogy over him before the game started. I didn't think he was going to make it through the winter, and I had already written it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to pose the same question to both of you that now that we're in the area of your field. We've had over 220 episodes of this. I know you've never heard of us. Don't You don't have to say it. Uh Everybody that's played at Deep River, we always ask everybody, tell us some of your favorite places to play. If people have played at Deep River, their answer is always Deep River. I'm curious, where does somebody from Deep River like to go play at? We'll start with Jim and then uh, Brian when he's done. Yeah, I Boy, that's a tough one. And, I mean, honestly, we've played – we played in state prisons. We played in cemeteries. We played in a lot of places, but I Muffin Meadow is still one of my favorites. I mean, in the Ohio Cup and the overall um, tourney and all the teams and all. And um, boy, I, I don't know, Brian. There's we I, we yeah, played I, so I, many different places. We have, and I and I think we're spoiled because we have Deep River. Our, at the county park is just. Everything is is like downhill from there. I mean, I do love Muffin Meadow. If I had to, if I had to pick my second favorite field, it would definitely be Muffin Meadow. They're, they're fun places to play, but nothing like like Deep River. 
All right, a couple of yeah, you know, and, here. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like, we, like when we play the salmon, we play we play the salmon at Lincoln Park in Chicago, and on a summer day when everybody's going to the beach, beachwear, walking through a finished baseball game, that's kind of an interesting uh, feeling um, and, and a little bit different. Uh, boy, I'm trying to think of all the places we played when we played up at. Um, Ludington, Michigan, where you're on the edge of Lake Michigan, and we played a game where it snowed, sleeted, and rained all within the same nine innings. That's I don't know that that was a favorite, but it certainly is memorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Been it's, there. It's too bad that Ludington team doesn't still exist because who doesn't like to go to Ludington? That's a beautiful, it's a beautiful area <laughs> of this fine state of Michigan. Rudy, you're up. so. Um, Let's let's chat about uh, there's a lore attached to uh, grinders traveling, and um, there uh, back in the day there was a a big fifteen twelve passenger cargo van that said Deep River Grinders across it, and then it would uh, in my imagination I mean in, not imagination I'm sorry in my mind the van w- would always roll up with like smoke like emanating from like the hood or the tailpipe and then like 12 of the burliest men I've ever seen would fall out of the van hooping and hollering <laughs> um, can you talk about what those road trip experiences were like because I feel like very few vintage baseball clubs even today, have that experience of loading the team in a giant van and traveling to uh, an event. What was that like for for both of you gentlemen? Brian, you can go first. Um, There's no experience like being in the grinder van, especially a long trip. Um, A trip that is going to be three hours or more. Uh, There's no, like, plan of conversation, but the conversation never stops and it never ceases to, uh, what word do I want to use? It's, it's easy, buddy. Easy. <laughs> you want to maintain plausible deniability. Well, we, we have an official note taker now <laughs> who takes notes and then reads back the notes that to, to repeat some of the things that were said, because he can't believe that some of the things that were said, we know a lot about each other. I'll say that. Um, from being in that van. And I think that that does like help build that camaraderie that we have as a team. Um, But some of us have been on uh, like Jim and I have been members of the grinders. He's been 30 plus years and I'm 28 or 29 years. And so this is some of my longest friendships in my life are with, with the, with the grinders. Um, So we, we, we don't hold back in the van. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. There's, and before phones, it would be better because we would always have trivia contests and there'd be arguments and nobody could solve it by looking at their phone and it would go back and forth. And obviously there's a lot of adult conversation. <laughs> and there was a time, and you probably believe the smoke back when a number of us smoked cigars and we would sort of, the smoke would be from the cigars. <laughs> but there would be, you know, uh, Mr. Pizowitz once said, he was talking about something. He said, well, let's say hypothetically I'm left-handed. And we all said, well, you are left-handed. So, and then it all degrades from there. <laughs> and Brian is quite honestly, usually the instigator. <laughs> that's, they're, that's, they're pretty easy to, to become. 
All I have to do is just kind of just light a match and then boom, it's gone. It's gone. But you know, it's and the the vehicle, the old the old blue van as we called it, that was a park department vehicle and the new one is now and we, we use it to transport the team for all volunteers. And if there's been something that has been our success, it is our ability to travel together and have these shared experiences and to uh to know things about each other that really just aren't correct. And, <laughs> you know, and, and whereas a lot of teams travel independently, this has been something that really helps build and holds our team together. Jim, you're the uh, chief executive officer of Lake County parks. So the deep river grinders are just a write-off. Is that right? Just a write-off. <laughs> kind of. Actually, they, <laughs> That is a program that uh, between donations, we sell sarsaparilla, other items. It, it's a it's a net net zero kind of a program. The expenses, which are minimal, are more than offset by donations and support for others. So, um, and again, as I said, it, it fulfills our mission, which is to get people out into a park. And what better place to be than Grinder Field, Sunday afternoon, beautiful day, real grass. And you've got people sitting there having a picnic, full fam- families, all kinds of stuff. That's what vintage baseball is or should be about. And um, so as a CEO, it checks lots of boxes for us. Uh, and Brian, question, do you work at Wrigley Field? I do. Tell everybody what you do at Wrigley Field and your greatest moment um, being at Wrigley Field. <laughs> um. I, I teach, so Wrigley's my summer job, and I get to work with my dad. My dad's worked there for 20, this will be his 24th year, and I've been, this will be, this will be my 11th year. Um, I do security um, during the season, and um, so I'm at all the games throughout most of the season, so I've not been to the Ohio Cup for several years because you guys don't schedule around the Cup schedule. I think that's... <laughs> How rude. No. So as far as, um, well, I, for a few years, I worked inside the Cubs, either the Cubs dugout or inside the visitors dugout. So I was at the 2016 World Series. Um, I worked every game, but I was in the, the Cleveland Indians um, inside their dugout. So I never saw a single pitch. Um, but I, where I sit, the, they, at that time, the, the uh, Indians did not have a batting cage. They had a batting tee and a little section that was about maybe 10 by 10. And depending on if the batter was left-handed or right-handed, they have to move the batting tee to the, that side and they had hit into a net. And that was it. That was, that it was almost like, I don't know, not even high school quality um, facilities for the visiting team at that time. It's, it's improved a lot. Um, so I, 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 that was probably one of my cooler memories. Um, and I did get a, uh, a World Series ring from the Cubs. Brian, maybe you can help me with a, uh, something. I went to a Cubs game, and we went to a bar. And I believe it was the second floor of this bar that had a batting cage right in the middle. Sluggers. What is it named? Sluggers. Okay. <laughs> I could never remember the name of the place when I would try to tell people about this place to go. It was very awkward and very cool at the same time. Uh, Rudy, your turn. 
No, absolutely. So uh, speaking of sluggers um, and the, the nature in which your field is constructed and laid out, um, how many uh, home runs have you gentlemen hit at your ballpark? Jim, <laughs> uh, how many have I personally hit? Sure. Let's, start, let's start with zero. <laughs> Uh, thank you, <laughs> Brian. How many of you hit, Brian? <laughs> Maybe one or two more than Jim. Yeah. In, in wow. my 30, years. Well, in, in reality, on Grinder Field, a, a home run is truly a home run because if you take someone like some of our bigger hitters and they put the ball into the river, that's a single. And we do that on purpose because, you know, sure, not fair. And some people, particularly from opposing teams, are not inclined to get wet and just go after the ball. So you truly have to run it out. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think most of our home runs end up with someone throwing the ball into it from um, just throwing the ball to first, and it goes into the weeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ball is always in play except for when it's in the river. So <laughs> don't, you know. And so well, there's a little poison ivy in the weeds. You know what they have. What's a little poison cool. ivy between friends? Yeah, it'll go away. Eventually. Uh, my question is this. You guys have a reputation not only for the field, but, ha- but having something that you don't get very many places, and that's a crowd of people. And playing vintage baseball in front of people is a lot different than playing b- vintage baseball in front of all the wives. It's a completely different feeling when you go up to the plate uh, you're nervous <laughs> in most single games. You're not nervous. So you guys must have some memories and I'm not asking for your best memory. Cause that would take you too long to think about, but can you think of a day at deep river grinder field, a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon where it was just so special that you just felt like it doesn't get any better than this. Go ahead, Brian. Um, I, I don't know if a specific one, but I mean, there have been a lot of games where we've had the field has been completely encircled. Um, even the outfield area has been encircled um, with fans. And it's just, I don't, it's amazing that, that people are giving up their Sunday afternoon to come out there. And they come week after week. And they sometimes, they, there's people who travel to watch us play. And that's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, there was one game this past season. It was towards the end. Who I can't remember who we were playing? I don't think it was the last game. It was a beautiful. It was like a perfect day. Blue skies, sunny. We had four hundred people ringing the field, and um, as Brian said, a lot of them they know us better than we do. We've had people that started as kids with their grandparents, and now are bringing their kids. We've had. Um, uh, we call them cranks. I know I'm going to get all kinds of crap and nonsense about oh, that. But, How but they like it. We we actually explain to them that's not correct, and they tell us that they don't care. Um, <laughs> and they they become part of us. We've had them people who have passed away that their ashes have been scattered on the field. Oh, wow. We have oh yeah for real. We have uh, we do a, an event every year for the Shriners. We raise money for a former player who's son was a recipient of the Shriners of Care, and we have we have uh, supporters who create items that we can auction off that we raise money, and we raise, I don't know, over the few years, $40,000 or more 
for the Shriners. And they, they, like Brian said, it's amazing that they just keep coming back and you can sit and watch them come in and you're like, hi, Jim. And, you know, and you, I, I go places, I don't know about Brian, and they're like, you're the umpire. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's strange. Yeah, we do a pretty good job of interpreting historical baseball. I think that we do a great job of entertaining people. And I think that's one of the big reasons why they come to Grinders games because we don't quibble over, you know, the little details. I love yeah. it. And yeah. if, you know, if we, uh, we have a thing called the Telegraph. It's our program, which my wife does. Um, and she puts things in there that is much more about the history that you would want to know for people to read. And, but as Brian said, we do, we, we go out and we entertain and, um, it, it it bears fruit, right? Two, yeah. three. We had we had a game where it was raining. It was crappy. It was we didn't want to be there, and there's still seventy five people, not bad counting actors. wives and and girlfriends. Yeah, bad actors and bad baseball players, and the people love it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like you're putting me and all other clubs to shame and not on purpose because you're just being you and it's amazing. But like, this is a standard that has not been maintained for a very long time. So like, that's amazing. And it leads me into my next question about shenanigans, because it sounds like it's the greatest show on turf or dirt here, right? You guys, that uh, you are eulogizing players before a match. I have seen pom poms. Uh, I have seen cheers. I have seen uh, cigar gags. Like I remember some of the the things that you y'all used to do with uh, Mr. Shirk and his uh, his cane with his little flask in it, and like are these? And you don't have to let me behind the curtain very much, but are these just spur of the moment things? Are these planned out? Like, do you guys, I mean, not for lack of a better term, but do, is there a rehearsal? Like, because there is so much yeah. entertainment in a deep yeah. river grinder baseball game that it's just, it, it, baseball is a part of the show. So every, uh, yeah, go ahead. Every Thursday we practice dropping the ball, throwing the ball poorly, uh, bad base running. We do all that. Okay. <laughs> a lot of it is, and I don't mean over Brian, but a lot of it is just spur of the moment stuff. The time we wore the orange uh, suits that made us look like high, you know, convicts, that was planned out. And but the spur of the moment, I can't remember who started it when they said, "Let's get some garbage bag and go pick up litter along the highway like a chain gang." That was spur of the moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there is uh, is there a particular um, non baseball related moment, like whether it's through engagement with the fans or I, I still can't get over. It's just a brilliant thing. The eulogizing of Dave right <laughs> into the game. Is there a moment that sticks out to you all that you know, I mean that you feel was like very special, Brian, for you? Um, well, maybe, I mean, we're doing this podcast, but we did pre-podcast, um, <laughs> we, did, we did a radio show. We have a radio station in Valparaiso, Indiana, that I think it's, it's reaches about two blocks. <laughs> it was an internet radio at the time that nobody listened to, but they gave me an hour, maybe an hour and a half 
and I planned a whole hour and a half schedule with, with, I had, um, prank callers and I, I gave, mis, gave them some misinformation to, to provide when I would ask them questions. And so, um, that was probably one of our, I put a lot of planning in it, but the rest of the grinders had no clue what was going on. So Jim was actually, he was one of our callers at the time. Yeah, I was, on the, I was traveling, so I had to call in. Uh, but, you know, one of the things about the grinders as we talk, we have a lot of characters, just naturally. And whether it's Rob's Ram, Rob Pizowitz, Terry Crass, Dave Stutler, I mean, pick them, Ryan Trisler, Mike Leo, we're all a bunch of characters, and somehow it, it escalates when we get together. And... Um, and some of them, you know, there is within the grinder family, whatever it is, there's the Brian Doolin, Rob Pisowitz interaction that is always hysterical as can be because Brian gets Rob going every time, uh-huh. pretty much. <laughs> and as another aside, every, every December, we have a party for the team and it's called Grinder Claws. And Rob Heisenberg puts on a really bad uh, Santa Claus outfit, and we get together and he hands out prizes. And I think one year I got a stick. I don't know what you've gotten, Brian. I've gotten nails. They makes he thinks there's a lot of sense to them, but and for a number of years until we told him his crotch was ripped out of his suit, and it was. <laughs> but his heart, his heart is golden. And it's something we look forward to. And that, I mean, if you want to talk about things we've done, yeah, every every December we have a grinder clause party. That's fantastic. That's uh, that's absolutely doing it right. Uh, you guys are vintage baseball players on and off the field. It's a club. You guys treat it like a club of friends. Those are the most successful clubs. Is uh. Heck, I know everybody gets tired of the young Canton corn shuckers from Michigan, but they're a group of friends, and that's why they travel so well, and that's why they have so much fun is because they're with their friends hanging out. And I could only, yes. I could only hope that the young Canton corn shuckers would introduce shtick into their baseball games like the Deep River Grinders have, and just pull a rubber chicken out once in a while, guys. I mean, <laughs> what what what's it gonna hurt? Uh, Jim, you do the umpiring. How many pieces of joke material is in your uniform that you could pull out at the right moment? You might not use it all, but how many you got in there? The only thing that's in my uniform are two flasks in each upper pocket of my coat. Uh, there's nothing else. If I need if I need joke material, all I've got to do is go talk to somebody and. Um, I'm, I'm okay. I can, I know enough about my fellow teammates to start something with very little conversation, but yeah, I have two flasks. Brian, do you carry any props on you during a game? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> do I, Jim? I don't know that I, well, you have brought things like, didn't you bring dolls one time? I don't know. Dolls. Those weren't for the yeah. game. We weren't going to talk about that story anymore. <laughs> he told you that in confidence. <laughs> no, I think most of my, I mean, I do the speeches um, before games and it's, 
a lot more just comments and stories and Holy I put I try to on the spot like Mr. Peisowitz, um I'll say that he had planned a song when he didn't plan a song. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a second. So when you say you, he's planned a song, and you do you turn it over to him and just yeah. watch him squirm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think the only prop we use is every now and then we used to do it every game and we had to cut it out. Is Dave will peel an onion and then he'll draw lines on it like stitches. And at some point, he'll let the opposing player know what's going to happen. Then he'll hurl the onion and then the person will, you know, you got to have a good pitch so you can hit it and destroy it. And that's always a pretty good crowd pleaser. But it got to the point where it was like, oh, God, please not, don't do this again. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't tell that joke again. Please. Please. Hey, any good joke is worth repeating a hundred thousand times. I, I know that from my father. So Yes, but it's the key phrase that you just said, any good joke. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. You guys you guys have been doing this a long, 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 long. You've been doing this a long time. With more baseball behind you than in front of you, I don't I think that's safe to say. Certainly is in my case. It's certainly in my case, so I'm going out on a limb. Is there something left that you guys want to accomplish while still being active with the grinders before your time is done on the field? We'll start with Brian. Um, no, I my goal is just to keep playing as long as I am able to be on the field. Um, and I, I mean, I, I. I've had like concerns that maybe the team would fold at some point. Um, we are getting older. Um, and I know at some point Jim's going to be, want to give up on this. Um, but there are, I think that we having Ryan there right now, it's, I think that's been like, gives me hope that the team is going to continue even when we're not on the team. So I think that, that that's it is just that I hope that the team continues. I hope I can continue to play for a while and I hope that the team continues. Cause I think it's, it's a good thing for Lake County. Uh, same question to you, Jim. Yeah. I, well, I would echo that. Um, I'd like to hit a home run, but well, hell can't have everything, no. uh, but you do, you do slow down, you know, and I, to echo what Brian was saying, if, if we put it on the guys on the field, Next year, we will have four 70-year-olds, and two of us will be 69, and there's some other 60-some-year-olds oh, yeah. in there. I mean, we could we can field an old team. Now, as you get older, you tend to play farther back in the outfield because you don't want anything to get past you because that's just a lot more running. But it's still fun. Yeah, we ache. And even talking to other guys, there's, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the nature of our team and our friends and our camaraderie, and we want to keep doing it. But we've, and I know I've had these concerns, uh, Rob's around, we've all talked about it, what happens, but we do have this bunch of new young guys who truly get it. And they're not just playing, and you will understand, they're not just being competitive and playing another form of baseball. They're they're entertaining, they're understanding the history. Uh, Ryan is a big fan of the Savannah Bananas, and he's making sure the players get out and talk to the cranks. And, all this interaction 
that builds the program. And to your point, Rudy, that's what gets people onto the field, the, yeah. the fans, the cranks, the audience, whatever you want to call them, because there is a relationship and it's up close and personal, right? You're they're on. There are people in on third base. I'm sorry, I'm moving my cat out of the way. Um, <laughs> who in the outfield that I have to tell them, you know, you guys are in fair territory. I don't really care. But when the ball comes at you, please get out of the way because there's a big man coming that's going to try and catch it. I love so it. I think I, I just want to keep playing like Brian said. It's just a blast. Even we have practices every Thursday, and we've often said that we play games so we can practice. Oh. And practice is, you know, it's a little looser, different beverage, different language, and just a whole lot of fun. That is I mean, I I mean, the grinders have been a part of my vintage baseball life ever since that uh, my family has gotten into the game. Um, and you have, Brian, you alluded to, like, there being some times where you're like, are we going to be able to sustain this? I mean, every club in our community has experienced that in some way. Um and you have, you both have over 60 years of experience uh, between you two. What advice, because we've all seen clubs come and go. Um, what advice would you give clubs that are going through that or clubs that are just, you know, in their, <laughs> I feel like saying babies when they're under 10 years, like clubs that are not really at the mark of, they have that sustainability. What advice would you give those clubs, Brian? Um, I think that a big thing to think about is not having one person being in charge of everything, because then that, that person's going to burn out a lot quicker. If you can spread out responsibility, if you can respect uh, spread out just um, every part, every aspect of the team, then you're going to have people that are going to be able to step in, when someone is needing a break or needs to step away for a while. Um, we've had uh, seen teams in the area. We, we, I think Jim, we correct. We were the first team in Indiana. We were the Indiana state champions for a long yeah. time because we were the yeah. only team in Indiana. Undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. <laughs> and then um, they, they, they have not lasted long. There, there are a lot of teams that have come and gone in Indiana, um, but the grinders have kind of, been able to, to last because we don't have, I mean, we do have one or two people who are the main, take the main responsibility on, but everyone kind of steps in and fills a role. And I think that's important instead of making that one person do everything because they're, they're going to feel burned out. They're going to want to give up and it's your team's mm -hmm. going to. Jim, what about you? What advice would you give? No, don't take it so damn seriously. Um, I mean, it's vintage baseball, and I understand, and we know all the debates about authenticity and and all that. And I always think there's a spectrum where, and I get it because I have a degree in history; it's one of the you know what we do. And there's this really authentic part that you want to do. On the other spectrum is those who just want to win and compete. And there's a bunch of us in the middle, and we want to win. I mean, we're competitive; we don't like to lose, but we also have a good time, and it's not. It's not, and if you start getting too stressed out about certain things, I think it, it starts to do you in. We we never deny anybody on the team, you know, and some of our players show that we will take anybody. Um, and as Brian said, you can only hide so many people at second base anymore. 
Um, but that's the name we're, we, we include people. We have fun. We have family. We have kids. You understand it, Rudy. Really. It's just a big group. And I think, yeah, it, it, it's vintage baseball. It's, it's, it's supposed to be fun, have fun and laugh and joke and, um, let some of those little things just like whether you have a tally bell or don't or say huzzah and you're not supposed to let it all go. Just let it go. Woo. You know, but, and you can still explain to everybody the reality of baseball and how baseball evolved over time yeah. as opposed to this is what it was. So, or is, which is to me a stretch anyway, because. That's I think a big thing about the grinders is we have, we teach, a little bit of baseball to a lot of people instead of a lot of baseball to a few people. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> well done. Nice. I'm writing that down. I'm going to like, I'm going to pass. No one's really listening to this. So I'm going to pass it off to my <laughs> original idea. Uh, Brian, this is the first time you've said something that Jim's went. Yeah. Good point, Brian. So I just want you to hold on to that. Nice well, and tight. It's recorded, Brian. Don't <laughs> worry. We've got this yeah. recorded. That's another thing with the van is that we do. For a long time, we had it established. It was by intelligence where you were sitting in the van, and Jim and and um, and Rob's Ron would sit in the front, and then I sat right behind them. And there were some people that we definitely put in the back seat because it was by intelligence. <laughs> so we put them in the back. <laughs> hey, while yeah. we got, while we got you, and we got a couple minutes left, can I get the origin of your guys's uh, vintage baseball monikers, uh, Brian? Your your monikers patches where. Is there a story behind that? Um, my pants are about 30 years old. <laughs> and um, there's not much fabric to them left. I mean, it's, it's not, like I said, I'm a teacher, and I've got to be real careful that I'm not, my pants don't just completely dissolve one day, and then I'm, I may not be able to be a teacher anymore. So it's basically pants are um, our patches. We did go to buy some pants this this year. Um, we have to get them in uh, a vintage or an Amish uh, tailor, and they didn't have my size. So we have the the muffin started us on the the drop front broad balls, which probably not correct either, but oh, we still stick with them. Oh, those are the. I mean, bless your heart. I hated those pants. Oh my gosh. Those are no, nothing's worse. Barrel roller. Cause I mean, barrel roller, do you know what they're talking about? No. Okay. So imagine there is no zipper. There is no fly. It's a piece of fabric that folds up probably about right where your you know, lower waist is. And then it buttons across the front and there used to be metal buttons all the way around the waist of the pants. So if you drank a lot of water during the game, or if you were an adult back in the day and you had a lot of beverages and you had to go to the bathroom, it, you had to be really good at taking those pants off, those buttons off. Otherwise you were looking on an accident there. Mm -hmm. It's all about skill, buddy. <laughs> I eventually got there, but yeah. let's just say the early years were really dicey. <laughs> so, Jim, have we ever thought about getting the elastic waist pants? <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't got that far yet. I think we're working on Velcro shoes first. 
Now, Rudy described us as burly. Well, well, back then, I, that for an introduction, the burly grinders. Uh, yeah, like that's like the husky kid. I was like, <laughs> I was like five seven and hundred and ten pounds, and you guys were giants. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in the husky sizes. More gross tonnage in twenty four. <laughs> Jim, it says here that your your moniker used to be Ice Wagon, but now it's Glacier. Please. Well, uh, my, my first moniker was Two-Step, okay? And then it moved. No, I think it was first it was Stone Hands, which was some of my catching abilities. Then Two-Step. Then it moved to Ice Wagon because we're at a game, and one of the uh, cranks that followed us to this game, we were up in Michigan, said I was moving, you know, and he started yelling, pull that Ice Wagon as I was running to first base as I was exhibiting my blazing speed. And then we were in, um, a few years ago, we were in uh, Decatur and I, well, I don't know, I was running the bases. I was stretching a, sing- a single or triple into a single. And I think what Jimmy Drescher <laughs> said that I was moving like a glacier. I'm like, son of fuck. So my, um, I, I've never been fast and I'm even less fast now. So it's just, sorry, it's what it is, you know? Did you just say I never did fast? I said I was, I was never fast, and I'm, okay. not, I'm less okay. fast now. I, I, no, I actually never did fast. <laughs> if I got to second base and, I, you know, I got a double, my entire team would stand up and applaud. Because <laughs> they're supportive, right? That's they're supportive. Oh, yeah, the, the grinder love. You've seen it. You've yeah. witnessed grinder love. It's a, it's a, it's an exceptional thing. <laughs> I'll never forget having to tell, I mean, Barrel Roller uh, uh, alluded to it in the beginning. I was like, when we were our first attempt at videoing and, and broadcasting games at the Ohio cup, I was like, Oh no, I circled the grinders muffins. I said, uh, you have to see this. <laughs> he go, he was like, really? And I said, yeah, I can't even explain it. You just, you have to see it. And, and it, that's why, I made sure that it was one of the videos that we released on our YouTube channel. So for the listeners out there, if you want to see uh, the grinders in action at the Ohio cup, uh, that, that matches up on our YouTube channel. Totally check that out. You know, I don't know why I catch most of the abuse, but it was many, many years ago at the Ohio cup. We were on muffin metal playing the black stockings, the Akron black stockings. And I was in right field and I was struggling a little bit. And my team started yelling, hit it to Jim. (laughs) <laughs> and they kept yelling, hit at the gym. And and one of the black stockings said, which one's Jim? And they went right field. And he hit at the right field. You know, and that just went on inning after inning after inning. That <laughs> That's <obnoxious>. love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was some of the words I said under my breath. Yes. Oh, you guys have been so great. We want to thank you so much for coming on this vintage baseball podcast that you've never heard of before. Did you guys even know there was a YouTube video? Anyway, go check out the YouTube video to see yourselves. And uh, and thank you so much uh, for being on the show. We appreciate you. We uh, You're very welcome. Yes, thank you for having us. And uh, on behalf of Rudy, uh, I am Matt. He's a swamp fox. I'm the barrel roller. We're joined with, we were joined by Patches and Glacier from the Deep River Grinders. We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Everybody say Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas and huzzah. <laughs> Merry Christmas and huzzah. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we will see you in the future. Recording stopped.